Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woody Allen Retrospective, man. I am running on empty here at Planet Tyro. I am back with the master of unpopular opinion. But the guy I have really dragged through the mud on this retrospective. Let's welcome back <laughs> our buddy, our friend, Simon Red. Oh boy, you saved the best for last. I, I, I'll tell you that, the best sidestep. Oh. This ain't no goddamn sidestep. This is a pure Woody Allen funny production. Guys, boy, we're going to get into this one. Let's not waste any time. Last time, guys, we spoke about 2016 Cafe Society, a movie that I actually really liked. I don't know what's wrong with the clicks. Simon liked it too. Go back to that discussion, guys. In top right corner on YouTube, I put a link to go back. Do not forget, this is the Woody Allen retrospective, meaning we have spoken about almost 95% of Woody Allen's filmography. Every single movie, every single TV special and show, as I'm about to get into. So we've got the website, Woody Allen Retro, where you can see all of that in one nice place. Guys, all of these are spoiler discussions. If you don't watch what we're talking about beforehand, we're going to spoil it for you. If you don't care, stay tuned and we are going to spoil it for you. Now, to prepare yourselves for what we're going to talk about, Woody Allen, over the years, has done side steps. We've spoken about this before. He does movies outside of his own filmography. He works on other people's movies. He's worked with other actors. We spoke about it recently with Faye and Gigolo. And he's done television specials like don't drink the water michael j fox which was a movie television special movie movie tv special what if on the corner like don't drink the water like sunshine boys he's made for movie television things that he was a part of but now we get to something special because as you know guys at this point in woody allen's career to this very day 2018 woody allen distribute is amazon they love woody they're backing him they're throwing him cash and after last year's <laughs> 2016 he said you know what woody we are going up against Netflix, the TV digital gods. But we've got you right here in our midst on the payroll. And we're going to let The secret weapon. You, the secret weapon. If you're making all these majestic movies for us, and Cafe Society actually did do well. Even though the critics were kind of funny on it, it actually did bring a lot of clout to them and they liked it. So they thought, you know what, Woody? We're going to hand you another check. And you know what? You're going to do television series. So Simon, yes. why don't you give us a rundown of what this television series is and the basic synopsis and then we'll dig into it well don't let anybody tell you that you can't find your calling at the age of 80 because i think that's what happened to woody allen he finally found his destiny in this amazon streaming direct six-part mini television series or as they call it an online series yes all of the episodes all six of them are written and directed by Woody Allen. So like you mentioned, let's put it like that in the intro, this is a close-to-home Woody Allen production. For those of you who haven't heard about this masterpiece, this Amazon original flagship title, They're Ace in the Hole, it's called Crisis in Six Scenes. And the big headliner for this was none other than Miley Cyrus herself. The show stars Woody Allen and Miley Cyrus. And has an overall pretty good cast with Aline May as Woody Allen's wife in the piece. As well as a lovely young couple played by Joe Magaro, who's from The Big Short. The movie which uh, we tried to think of last episode, but we couldn't remember the title. The name, yeah. And Rachel Brosnahan. Nahan? Nahan? Brosnahan? <laughs> I don't know why I 
Tiago. I'm just going to go with that. Brosnan, who plays Ellie, Joe Magaro's character's, uh, character's girlfriend. And guess what Joe Magaro's character, who's a meek, intellectual, uh, young kid in the 60s who doesn't know what to do with himself and comes with a mild upbringing. Guess what that character's name is? I know it's definitely got nothing to do with Woody Allen. I know that's no, definitely absolutely, absolutely, nothing. positively not. Like a nothing. completely, like it could be an alien compared to Woody Allen. But just guess what the character's name is. I, I, I don't know, Mark. No, want to have another guess? Oh man, it's definitely not Woody. So I don't know. I don't know. It's Allen. What? A, what a coincidence! You know, it's like out of all the names, it just happens to be Allen. But from the description, you would think it's a completely different character. I mean, since when is Woody Allen a short, meek guy who's insecure, doesn't know what to do with himself, and finds himself in weird love triangles? That doesn't sound like him at all. So I don't know why he would name the character after his own last name. It's it's just one of those Woody Allen mysteries. But enough of the introduction, because with six episodes to go, and we are reviewing all six in one go, by the way, you would think... There's so much story to unpack. Why do we waste time on just the basic introduction? Let's get into the meat of it. What magnificent pool of ideas did Woody Allen unleash on the world now that he was given a blank check to realize any fantasy, any exploration of any world he's created with all the many, many films he directed and written over the years. So many of them could have been its own, you know, little TV show. We spoke about this, how many, how colorful they are, how interesting they are, how many other stories they could potentially explore. So now that we finally got our Woody Allen TV show, what's it all about? Well, the short version is absolutely nothing. Miley Cyrus, who should be the title character, but is sort of a secondary lead slash really important supporting character, plays this girl called Lenny, who's a revolutionary. The timing is we have... Political intrigue, corrupt governments, Vietnam, America on fire. And Miley Cyrus's character, Lenny, is this revolutionary girl who's an activist, but has also taken up a hobby with shooting people and making bombs. And she happens to have some sort of vague family relation with Woody Allen's wife, Kay, because she grew up as an orphan. And her foster family is linked to Lenny's family. And she happens to bump into Woody Allen by basically hiding out in their house. But it takes a whole episode just to get to this point. So this brief intro. Two episodes, actually. Ends on the one and starts on the two. Oh, yeah. It really should have. They should have taken a page out of Fresh Prince's book where Will just shows up in the first scene. Yeah. In fact, the intro already tells you all you need to know. Why he's in L.A. from Philadelphia or Bel Air from Philadelphia. We're here. We have a whole episode without Miley Cyrus. And, and the show desperately needs her because what he said, he casted her through his kids. His kids show him these young actors, yep. actresses. And he saw her on the Hannah Montana show. And she has great comedic timing, which is true. Yeah. And she gives it her all in this show. And she delivers all she's the funny... Great, look, you can say everything about Miley Cyrus. She's a very good actress. She's a very good singer as well. She's got talent. And Woody Allen's got an eye for talent. So it, she was a good choice. Just like there was another actor in another Woody Allen production. I was like, why? Anyway, you carry on. But she was... She, I don't have a problem with her at all. No, no, no. The acting's fine as, as always. 
But if you can't tell, not only there is no story, but the little character and color that she brings into the show by being this revolutionary, outspoken young character versus Woody's character, who's kind of playing himself again, but playing a more reserved, self-centered version of himself where he's he's not anti-liberal, but he is sort of just self-centered and Miley Cyrus views him as basically the symbol of capitalism. A self-obsessed guy who just buys things, he's a consumer, and he turns a blind eye to the suffering of other people, the injustices and the corruption in the system and, and uh, the oligarchy that rules America. And I guess that was sort of the pitch for this show, how cool it would be to do this quirky Woody Allen comedy with him having a back and forth with Miley Cyrus about these topics from the 60s that are actually still very relevant in today's political climate and the political conversation, kind of the mm. two eras mirroring each other. And the only problem is that outside of this little woody banter, see what I did there? Yeah. Yeah, you can hear the enthusiasm, you know, just from the way you respond that I, I guess this show touched you on a, just as deep as it did me on an emotional level. That outside this woody banter, there's nothing going on. It's a very simple concept. Woody and his wife live a reserved life in their nice house. And he, again, I don't know where he comes up with these things. It's definitely not him. But he's a retired writer who used to work in television and always feels underaccomplished with his own work. He's written a few books, but he's not that happy. And he's trying to pitch a TV show, again, completely unrelated to what Woody Allen was doing at this point in time, because Woody Allen was directing a TV show, and his character is pitching a TV show. So as you can see, it's completely different. So his character is trying to pitch a TV show, but at the same time, he's thinking about, maybe I should write a novel after all. And why they're, while they're facing their white people problems, Miley Cyrus comes in and kind of shake things up, especially in Woody's wife, Kay, who's a, a couple psychiatrist. And she has like these weird patients that have their own funny stories that are do kind you, of... Do you remember her from another Woody Allen movie, by the way? Which one? She was in Small Town Cooks. Oh, yeah. She, I think she was the one that was cooking the dumb one, right? She was the dumb... Um, do you remember when they had the shop? The sister? Yeah, the dumb sister who nearly got them sold by the cops or whatever. Yeah, I mean, she, you know, um, Eleni May, she's a great actress. And she's great here. In fact, the female characters are better than the male characters, typical for Woody Allen. True. But the, the formula is easy. She comes in and she spices things up and Kay starts introducing her book club, which is a bunch of degenerate housewives to all these revolutionary books that my Cyrus's character reads. So they have their own little awakening and start having funny conversation about moving yeah, to Cuba. That's predictable. It goes in yeah. predictable route. But, you know, Simon, let me just stop you here because, Simon, I'm, I'm getting bored of you just giving me the description. And I know... <laughs> I know you Woody Allen apologists are going to hate... You hate it when I read against Woody Allen. I can be a fan and still call bullshit on this. Now... There's a lot of things I want to say. But first, let me just say off the bat is I think this is nearly the bottom of the barrel of the Woody Allen Productions. This is really boring, extremely uninspired. And honestly, I am really shocked Woody has such a hard time creating this. And here's the thing. When I say this, again, I'm not a TV 
guy. I don't work in Hollywood. I don't make these movies. Woody Allen has come in record saying that this was such a hard show for him to create because it was nothing like creating a movie. He just never thought it would be this hard because he had to segment this whole story. And I understand that. You know, he made the same kind of complaint when we talk about Ants where I couldn't believe doing the animated voice was so hard. It was the hardest thing I ever had to do. And you're just like, really, Woody? It's like the things you would think would be so easy for him just seem to destroy him creatively. Now, the thing that I'm not going to really forgive Woody for is, look, if you say making a television in the television process of cutting up is hard, that's fine. But here's the problem. The script is garbage. The story <laughs> itself, yeah, about, it's set in the 60s, by the way, or whatever, when Woody Allen started making movies, his own movies in the late 60s, and the story is just not interesting. If we look at Woody's filmography at this point, this goes start from the 2010s, Tall Dark Stranger, Midnight in Paris, if you just look at this script as a written narrative from beginning to end, it's dull. It has no wave to it, no up, no ebbs, no flows. It's just one of his most mediocre-like comedies. Add to that, were the people not liking Woody Allen movies in recent years? They don't like Woody Allen himself. I said this before in the early 2000s. Woody Allen has gotten to a point they just don't want to see him in front of the camera. Let's go back to Rome with Love. This is kind of the same kind of character in that movie and he was kind of funny there. Woody Allen himself, as an actor, isn't going to say on the movie and he's more or less the main character here and he's just an old man saying, why are you in my house? Why are you in my house? When are you going to leave? When are you going to leave? That's it. Now, before I go more into the negatives, I want to break and start with the two positives because there's two things I really like about the movie, the series, sorry, and they're very small. One, there's a scene where there's a couple in therapy and this guy is with his wife saying, oh, you know what, man? I'm addicted to prostitutes. He's telling his wife he's addicted to prostitutes and that, you know, he told his wife and the therapist is like, you know what? If you're addicted to prostitutes and you want to be faithful to your wife, why don't you pay your wife to have sex with her? That way you're just paying her. She can pretend to be a prostitute. And he's like, you know what? You're right, therapist. I did that. But guess what? She's charging me too much now. And then she's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm charging him extra. Why? Because I'm your wife. So it's, the, it's the funniest joke in the movie. Very good joke. Waste on this movie. That's the first thing. The TV like. show, you mean? The TV show. I keep saying movie. Sorry. Waste on the TV show. The second thing I like is at the very end of the movie, which is a cameo. Michael you mean Rappenport, the end of the TV show. The end of the TV show. I'm going to keep saying movie just because I, it feels like a, this is a two hour movie in my mind. Michael Rappenport, he was in my Aphrodite on Small Time Cooks. I love that director. I shouldn't have said the way That's a bit harsh. But great guy. Comes in at the movie for, uh, comes at the very end for some weird cameo out of nowhere. Those are things I like about the movie. But the story is just so dull. It's meant to be set in the 60s. It looks like, actually, the way it's filmed, it's like it's shot in the 80s. There's nothing in this movie that says 60s to me, especially the way it's shot. Everything looks like it's set in the 80s, especially Woody's old country house. I don't see anything with the hippie thing. They have some news clips, but that's it. Miley Cyrus can't save the movie. She's good in the role, but the, the series is just so dull. That is it. It was so boring. It was so dull. And, you know, I'll pass off to you, Simon, in a minute. But I know Woody Allen is the biggest crit critic of his own movies. But Woody Allen, what did Woody Allen come out and say about this movie himself? He, he's got the he's got one of the harshest quotes of his whole career 
about a television series. I'll even edit it for you guys who I can't wait for Simon. Why don't you tell us, Simon, Woody Allen said verbatim. You can find this on Wikipedia, people. So I'm not making this up. Well, I'm pretty sure this should make it on the Blu-ray box set cover because it really summarizes the series. This is from the creator himself, right? So according to this quote, Allen himself, Woody Allen, had openly expressed severe misgivings about the project. At the 2015 Cannes Film Festival, Ellis said in reference to the show, it was a catastrophic mistake. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm floundering. I expect this to be a cosmic embarrassment. And then later on, apparently he referred to the project as basically stealing Amazon's money. <laughs> yeah, he said it. And everyone that quotes the movie says, you know, literally, this is like Woody Allen taking the money and running huh you see what we did there huh uh yeah yeah i think you should leave the bad jokes for the tv show because there's plenty to go around here you know well, no no there's it wasn't no shortage of that this movie could have used a lot more bad jokes because it's kind of this is the funny thing it's meant to be a comedy this isn't even funny because it's it's played mostly serious they're having all these discussions about what are you doing why are you fighting this war even the love interest between Miley cyrus and this guy it's predictable that's even it's predictable it's dull, it's uninspired, the script is bad, it's dull, it's boring, Woody Allen didn't like it, and the thing that upsets me the absolute most is that the same year Woody Allen made Cafe Society, a movie which I really liked, which I felt probably too much in the movie, which would have made a perfect television series. Now in saying that, if this would have been a movie, would I liked it more? No, because it was dull. He had a better TV series with better actors with a better story. Why did he make this into a TV series? It's just dull. This is, I think, honestly, this is the worst thing he's ever made in his whole filmography. Yeah, I like this less than uh, even Stardust Memories because there's things in Stardust Memories, clips, things that are amusing. This is just a waste of time. And Woody Allen's ashamed of it. I, it's just a waste of time. Yeah, I don't know what to add to that, really. I mean, it's uh, kind of throwing things on a downer at the moment. But honestly, the subplot with the couple, Alan, and I think the girl, it's a female character. The girlfriend character's name is Ellie. Those two, Ellie's cute. She's like her anchor. So while for a second, Alan's character falls for Miley Cyrus because she's the radical. And he's like, you know, why should I be like my asshole banker father where i could move to cuba and organize uh well i don't know what he was trying to do a pharmaceutical movement or a agricultural movement i think it was an agricultural movement and again funny lines by miley cyrus how he would basically starve in a week and then ellie's character kind of ranks him back in and be like okay calm down calm down maybe it was just a a second where you got scared of the future and settling down and getting married but hey I love you, you love me, it's going to work out. So again, they're cute, but they're really inconsequential. You can cut them out of the show and they would change nothing. And really, Miley Cyrus's character should be the main character. We should follow her around, how she's trying to fit in in disguise in this, you know, contemporary middle-class New York society where nobody knows who she is. She's in disguise, she's on the run, and she's being exposed to this different type of lifestyle in contrast to what she believes in. And then the whole comedic element comes from maybe she can 
actually convince some of these people to join her mindset, or on the other hand, maybe she learns a few things that makes her think twice about some of her own standpoints. But we don't really get to do that because her character is mostly off-screen, trapped in her room, making phone calls, trying to get out of the house, with the running joke of eating Woody Allen's food all the time. And we follow Woody's character around just trying to pitch this TV show and complaining about how there's this mystery person in his house eating his food. It's not really good, you know? It's like, uh, again, Fresh Prince did it better. You know, they should have really looked at shows like that and used some of those sitcom trappings. Where here, it's like a dragged-out movie in six episodes. And the way it ends, again, very inconsequential. They try to bring all the characters in. They bring in the Black Panthers. They bring in the parents from everybody, Alan and Ellie. They bring in all the therapist clients, the book club. There's this big climax where they have to get Miley Cyrus's character out of the state. And then she just escapes. And you don't know exactly what happens to her. So I guess that was the Amazon setup for a sequel for a season two where she comes back and she you know, turns everything upside down again. But the fact is that she's the only interesting character. Woody and his wife aren't interesting at all. Their life isn't interesting. So that being turned upside down, there's nothing really to turn upside down to begin with. There's no really important or meaningful status quo to upset that has any weight to it that we would go like, oh, damn, I don't know where this is going or how this is going to end. How are they going to adjust to this? It's like, really, they just have a house guest for a few weeks. If Woody Allen's character wasn't so paranoid and sensitive, he wouldn't have any trouble with it. In terms of the political angle, the show just basically zooms in on Miley Cyrus's character and clearly declares that she's right. Everything sucks. Being a dumb consumer who doesn't pay attention to politics, the world, the corruption, injustice, is basically being a moron. And Woody Allen's character is really paid to be just the, you know, the punching bag for jokes. That's the entire comedy element of the show, how he's a, a jaded old man. And this girl just takes the piss out of her any chance he, she gets. There's no real back and forth. I guess their relationship's supposed to change by the end where they appreciate each other a bit. And he even kind of misses her. But that really isn't there. It's certainly no Uncle Phil and Will relationship where Uncle Phil is a mentor. And even though they disagree, they all both learn from each other and they become like a surrogate family. There's nothing here in six episodes, even remotely relating to that. Can you look at this script on a bare bones level and see any inspiration? Because honestly, all the Woody Allen movies that we've criticized, the ones we don't like, even, you know, uh, Tall Dark Stranger, I can see really good elements here i see like this must have been another one of you know woody allen has that draw in his house with all them post-it notes all them leftover ideas this must have been one back in the 70s honestly i just think it's extremely uninspired i can't see an interesting narrative here at all it just seems like a very 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 old story that's played pretty straight there's no ebbs to it there's no twist to it there's nothing that makes it dynamic and woody allen always has some kind of edge always has some kind of angle even in the movies i don't like even anything else one of his worst movies he's just kind of redoing annie hall again but there's still something there there's characters there actually this felt a bit like a play as well because they were mostly in the house in one location so i kind of feel like i wish 
I wish Don't Drink the Water had more of a budget, even though that was in the 90s, because that was a television movie, and I thought that, I didn't even like that movie that much, but compared to this, oh yeah, that had a lot more going on than this. And that was a good place. I would would have hoped that maybe close to played against Sam, the same director could have gotten Woody Allen and Diane Keaton and Tony Roberts even to come together for another project. And that would have been Don't Drink the Water, the movie, instead of Woody having to make it 20 years later for television. But that didn't happen. And we got this instead, I suppose. But... I know Woody's work ethic is, you know, you're just a bank. Just give me the money and I'll bring you back a product. Don't touch the script. Don't ask who I'm casting. Don't ask about anything. But really, he could have allowed at least one person in the team who did a TV show before. Even if they just made the episodes themed. Of, okay, they have yeah. to go with Miley Cyrus's character here in this episode. They have to go to the doctor. They have to go to this party. They have to go shopping. There's something happening per episode that changes things up, that puts the characters in different situations where we haven't seen them before. But because that doesn't happen, it's just a series of extended conversations where the crisis in the title is really not that much. It's not that big of a crisis. It's very predictable. Her presence there doesn't feel that serious. The show never really decides to have any consequence where, you know, you would bring some McCarthyism in there or, you know, the Secret Service or the FBI really doing some dark stuff, wiretapping phones and my Cyrus being reckless and just hiding there, having actual serious negative impact on Woody Allen's family at all. That never comes into play. So with that, the stakes aren't really real. You don't really care about the characters because it's supposed to be a comedy where it's lighthearted and anything can happen. And with it not being that funny and seriously lacking jokes, you're just left with a very dull concept you and know a very what? predictable storyline. You just brought something to my mind to defend Woody Allen. That is something we've always complained about. This guy, he didn't take any time off to make this. It's not like he took a year off. He didn't halt his movie and did this in between. He did this in the same year he did Cafe Society. So again, this is another rushed project. And that's just a point. We always say we wish he takes time out. And obviously he just fit this in, in between his next movie, because there's no gap between this and the next movie and the movie before. So obviously I just felt like he wrote this on the fly. I just don't, I just really felt like Amazon's like, can you do a TV series? He said, I'll give it a try. In between what you're doing, ah, so this the, the more I think about it, I can really just see Woody's like, you know what, I'm just going to do this. It can't be that hard. And it turned out to be a disaster, as he said. And lastly, man, you know what? Do you remember the last line in the movie? He's sitting in the bed of his wife, and I think he said something like, this was a big waste of time. <laughs> if I, yeah, I, I'll, if I find the clip, I'll put it in right now. If I didn't, then whatever. But when I heard that at the end, I'm like, is this... It's the last, he's sitting in bed with his wife, he says something to the effect that, he says something very meta, and I felt like he was talking about the series, and I don't know, man. This is what people want Woody Allen to be. They want it to be washed up, they want it to be uninspired, they want it to be out of the game, and, you know, I'm sure Amazon saw this, because if you go on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, this is one of his, probably, I think this is most weakest received, most negatively received project, period. And, it shows Woody Allen knows it fair enough he knows what he did 
Amazon, they, I don't know, they throw their hands and like whatever. They didn't fire him because obviously he isn't the next movie we're going to talk about. This is the next movie. Maybe they're just like, you know, Woody, you just stick to your movies. <laughs> obviously, it was like, you know what? Because he don't <laughs> want to do this again. I, w- I wish I could say it was a nice try. But, you know, Simon, let me ask you a question because I'm thinking, you know, it would have been better than this. This happens a lot. How many times have they taken like a movie television studios have just made it into episodes because i think if you just shot a movie amazon took it they could have cut it as a six episode tv show i just think that's what they should have done i don't think they anticipated this to be so disappointing but i think if you made a movie they could have just someone could have edited it into six episode and even that would have been better but then again it all comes back to me saying the script is not good so ultimately i don't think the project could have been saved yeah i mean it could have been much worse, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, maybe from that perspective, they could have experimented a little bit. But I don't even know why Amazon was so keen for Woody Allen to make a TV show for them. If they weren't going to put more work into it in terms of people they, they framing didn't, they it. They didn't think they had to. Obviously, they didn't think they had to. Well, sometimes thinking you don't have to do something is the worst thing to do. Does but this is the sense? thing. It, it, it does, but Woody Allen, part of his credo is leave me alone. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they, that's what they should have done. Left him alone. Don't ask him to do a TV show then. Just leave him alone to Funny. do movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I was excited when I heard about this because... So was I. Like, like probably most people said, how hard can it be? This guy is a comedic genius he's naturally gifted he's working with a young actress who's great at comedy she's very popular the character seems a no-brainer for her revolutionary 60s hippie that's what she's trying to do right now anyway yeah how hard can it be to at least get a few good episodes out of this and apparently the answer is really really fucking hard so (laughs) i don't know man this is a total skip for the most part i would just say oh man do it in one binge in the background on a sunday or something just to say you you saw it and maybe you know again it's relative if if you watched as many woody out movies as we did which is all of him bar one at yeah. this point then you know it's really just the same old same old if you don't know anything and you weren't alive in the 60s and your historical knowledge is garbage which means probably 80% of people in America today who either don't watch Woody Allen movies, have shitty political opinions, or weren't alive back then, or just don't know the history. You know, yeah, then maybe some stuff here is a bit refreshing. At least just the irony of it, how things were so similar, it almost appears has, that nothing has changed, even though we made a lot of progress. It's like we're falling into the same traps. But the show never stops to really make that the centerpiece of the argument and to really make a statement about it. It's just in the background. And the characters themselves aren't really interesting, nor they go interesting places. And the ending doesn't have any consequence to it. So it's like... There's nothing really to recommend here besides the experience that just naturally comes with a Woody Allen project being slightly unique. Because at this point in his career, he has a very strong signature of his writing, of his opinions, on his perspective, how he directs. But he has so much more and better quality material to offer in his stand-up and in his movies that this is bottom of the barrel 99% better and this is we're going to be doing our list best or worst Woody Allen this is a super easy contender 
super easy for worse. So let's wrap it up there, guys. I'm going to get shared on by the Woody Allen apologists. I mean, the last time people will probably hate me this much is when I shitted on Manhattan Murder Mystery. That classic too. <laughs> guys, feel free to unleash on me in the comments down below. <laughs> Simon, I want to thank you for joining me on this one. As always, while we reach the finish line. Well, maybe they make a season two for this, but uh, let's not hold our breath. So, yeah, I wish I could say it was fun, but it wasn't. Do I but, need to quote what Woody know, Allen said? That's never happening. Not this catastrophe. We'll never see this again. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Woody Allen said, who? I didn't make that. Who said I wrote that? I didn't write that. That's got nothing to do with me. <laughs> no, it was the guy who wrote uh, Picking of the Pieces. Exactly. That guy, uh, yeah, that guy. The guy who's got no profile on IMDb, no credits, no nothing. The guy that doesn't exist. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. He should have put this whole thing under that guy's name. Yeah, actually. featuring Woody Allen, directed by whatever that guy's name is. I love that. Thanks for bringing it up. Anyway, guys, we well done long enough about this one. But guys, if you follow the Cisfana retrospective, I want to say a massive thank you we have been doing this this is our second year in this retrospective the next movie is going to be technically the last one till we're caught up even though woody allen's doing that jude law movie a rainy day in new york which we might get to by the end of the year we'll talk about this more in the next discussion anyway but for all intensive purposes we are at the end of the line again i found my buddy Simon for joining me on this one i thank you for listening if you're subscribed to the channel on youtube thanks for subscribing if you're not subscribed to the channel either on video audio podcast all links will be in the description and we will see you next time on the final countdown <laughs>